Good morning and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well today. Once again, you know, Christy and I, when we talk about the podcast, we talk about what should we cover? What should we talk about? And, you know, last week we talked about that emotional, mental exhaustion. We talked about a few things you could do. But then as we were talking, we said, well, you know, one of the other things, and we haven't talked about it, but I think it's such a big part of people's lives is our faith, our belief system, and how a lot of people in a time of crisis will turn to that faith, that belief that they have, that spirituality that they have. And one of the things is, is we don't believe a person's way of believing. There's no judgment there. Everybody can believe how they believe because for me anyway, I think that our belief system really is a very, it's a personal journey of how we get there. You know, we kind of incorporate all the stuff that we've learned growing up that we were taught and all of that. And then, you know, what we learn and the people that we encounter, we kind of get to get little bits and pieces from everybody until we find that thing that just really settles with us. Yeah, because you can grow up in a certain faith base and maybe that's not what you adopt as an adult. But I think it is through experiences and that and we just learn as we grow and find what resonates with us i agree i grew up catholic but i wouldn't say i was a practicing catholic after a certain period of time because my parents it wasn't about that they were very spiritual they had a very spiritual belief system Uh, i knew they prayed and i and we would talk about stuff like that but you know i never felt a pressure for my parents to be anything in particular I do miss this about my dad every, when it was Lent, and for those who aren't Catholic, it's uh, it's a 40-day thing, it's from, uh, it ends uh, Easter, but every year he would call me, Hita, remember, today is Ash Wednesday, and I would always remind my dad, yes, dad, but I am not a practicing Catholic, <laughs> but it was this ongoing thing that we had, so even within that, when I pull that memory up, it's such a pleasant memory, and it's something that I can hold on to, and That also helps with that emotional exhaustion that we have, because sometimes we have to go back and remember those really relevant times with people. Yeah, I think that, I mean, hopefully at any age when you are talking about your faith, that it brings you comfort in those beliefs. Hopefully that's why, especially as an adult, hopefully that's why you've taken them as your own, because it does bring some peace. So I I grew up, like I said, uh, not exactly practicing Catholic. What about you? So my upbringing was in Pentecostal church, Church of God. My mom is an ordained minister. So it was a very, I don't know, like a lot of people would say about, they say about the Holy Roller churches where the people are really loud and and that. it, It was that when I was young. So... But I got away from that after I turned 18. I was still attending the same church that I had always attended from a child. But I, like I said, over time, I've, I think my, my perception of faith for me, it's changed a lot. And I feel like my faith does give me peace now, but I don't feel like that it, when I was younger, the way I was raised, I don't feel like that that's what created the piece that I have today. I really feel like that I had to evolve with that over time. And, you know, faith is something we talk about often. We talk about our 
you know, our belief systems and the value of our spirituality. And we're very, we're very much on the same level now, spiritually. And, you know, if that can happen coming from a Catholic background and a Pentecostal background, anything's possible. (laughs) But, you know, having those conversations and, you know, what is it that we, and what is we teach our children to believe in when there's all of this stuff going on that's so out of our control? How do we teach them to have a belief system? Religion is part of that. You know, and I always say, you know, people say, well, I'm not religious. And they'll say, okay, but do you have a spiritual thing? And they'll say, oh, now that I have. But they may not prescribe to a religion. So, and this isn't about promoting one religion over another or spirituality or nothing like that. It's everybody needs to find their own place within that, that thing that brings them comfort in a time when they're feeling that mental exhaustion. Exactly. And that's what I mean over time. You know, I really feel like, and I I think this is the same for you, is that we are really a non-denominational kind of faith. We don't subscribe to any one in particular like that. No organized religion. Right. But one of the things that I'm like, once again, I'm always so grateful about the, the career that I'm in is because I get to meet people from all different walks of life. And I have met people from all different faiths. And I really appreciate it because oftentimes that's part of therapy is their faith. You know, and sometimes they're in my office because they don't realize they've lost their spirituality or their faith and how much that plays, which ties into that mental exhaustion, that mental peace and not realizing it. And as we start going, oftentimes they'll say, I didn't realize I was on a spiritual journey here. I didn't realize. But as that starts to line up, a lot of the mental health pieces kind of dissipate a little bit. And right now I'm so grateful. I have clients who are Muslim and I learned so much about the Muslim faith. So I'm so grateful for that. And realizing even in that, and one of my clients, Native American, so we talk a lot about his faith is in his spirituality is very, very important to him. You know, he still goes out and he does his prayers to the four directions and all of that in the mornings. And, and it brings him peace. And he talks about for them, everything is God. Everything alive is God because it's a reflection of God and we're interacting with it. So, and that's very uplifting for him. And, and, and I think, oh my gosh, that's such a neat concept. And then when I talk with my client who's a Muslim and I really learned from somebody who practices it daily, he truly is, his faith is truly a part of his life and his life is part of his faith. It's so intertwined. And even when he talks to me about, you know, when I'm having these hard times and that I can turn to my faith and it helps me in these times when I'm really struggling. What I've learned is that faith, different religions, different whatever, different faiths, there's more commonality than there are differences. Is something, and you know, when I talk with my talk with my clients, we talk with our friends or each other. We often talk about that that commonality, that belief in a higher power. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's hopefully, like you say, it's what you accept and and come to believe hopefully brings you peace. I know that there are people though that grow up in a certain religion or that and when they get older they just completely shy away from it and you know maybe they have a basically a bad taste in their mouth because of how they were brought up so there are people that shy away from that so how do they go through life and and deal with the struggles that we do and not and for you I think let's I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here so let's talk about that because for you it was such so much a part of your life because you were in church Wednesdays. We, I attended church, it seemed like almost five days a week, <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> um, 
And you participated in choir, church choir, those kind of things. Yes, and even um, socially, that's what we did. It was through the church. I mean, I didn't even socialize much through school. It was all through church. But you didn't go to public school, really, until you were a freshman in high school. Yeah, I didn't go to public school until then. And that was partly, some of that was kind of the religious thing as well, not being part of that secular yeah. world or influence not being able to listen to secular music or anything like that it was to to keep a hedge around us so to speak <laughs> to keep us protected from you know the worldly things but you snuck music in didn't you yeah i had to li- i listened to music every night with my headphones so i had a little bit of an outlet there so for you and growing up in that do you feel like growing up that god was portrayed as this loving God who was nurturing to you or well it was such a dichotomy really I guess because they talked about a loving God but then there was the wrathful God the vengeful and so it's it was interesting because I I mean I feel like a lot of times I in in my younger years lived in fear a lot of the time because it seemed like that's how God ruled was, you know, through fear. It just was, you know, you don't do this. And if you do this, you're going to burn in hell and all of these things. So, and I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with everyone's beliefs in that. But I feel like that it really, it was hard on me when I was younger. Well, I think particularly because not having any of that secular influence and, and that protectiveness it's almost like you only learn one way of thinking and then you get to be 18 and now this whole world is there. Yeah, and realizing that other people, I mean, <laughs> not even learning about other faiths or things like that because it might cast doubt in your mind that wasn't allowed. So, I don't know, it was, it was really difficult at times. Well, and I think that the cool thing is, though, you know, as as you've gotten older and, you know, you've really put time into exploring what you want your spirituality to be because you do want it to be more of a relationship. A relationship, a comfort. You, And I think that it's really important that people do explore that and don't just shut it off just because, you know, your upbringing was like mine. I, Like I said, I felt like I lived in fear a lot when I was younger but I'm grateful that I don't feel like that it turned me completely against a higher power. I still feel like that there is that place for spirituality and there can be comfort in that. I'm really grateful that I still, you know, I am able to view it that way because I think there are people that would grow up, you know, the way that I did and maybe completely shy away from any idea of a higher power or that. And, And then, you know, and I don't know, I don't know how atheists do it or that. What comfort, where do they draw off of for comfort and that? I don't know. I think the thing is, is that sometimes they're looking at not necessarily the higher power, but they're looking at us as humanity. You know, what do we do? How do we treat each other? That is our true thing is, is that interaction, the kindness we show to others, what we do, you know, all of those things, which is still part of a lot of other religions and all that, you know, when we look at those kind of things, it's still very much a piece of that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's really interesting is that 
we formulate these opinions even about other religions based on what we hear and don't even take the time to go and look at them. What does that really mean? There seemed to be some type of separation in the church of what Catholicism was and Christianity. We were not taught that that was the same faith base. There was not... You weren't taught that they were Christians. Yeah. And you know, which was really interesting to me because this is a funny story. One day, my sister and I were driving into town and my nephew's in the back and we're talking and he was saying about going to church and because they went to the Catholic church and then they went to the assembly. And so he goes, no, we're going to go to the Christian church. And I go, well, honey, what do you mean? And even in his little head, he did not think Catholics were Christian. And then he, so he looks at me, he goes, well, are they? And, you know, this is a child, so I'm thinking, how do I explain this to him? So I told him, I said, honey, think of it like ice cream. Think of Baskin-Robbins. I said, Baskin-Robbins is the name of the store, right? So that's Christianity. I said, but all the flavors, I said, are the religions. So assembly, uh, Catholic, Baptist, Protestant, and all that. And he kind of sat there and thought, he goes, Oh, he goes, okay, so Catholics are Christian. I said, yes. (laughs) Because we create these ideas and we create this separation and stuff. But it's one of those things. And I told Christy, it's always interesting because when we're talking about what our podcast is going to be about, I will have a situation in my sessions that week that has to do with our podcast. It's the weirdest thing. So yesterday I'm working with a, a mom and she's really upset and her daughter's having some issues now. And I've known the little girl for as long as I've known the mom. And so we're talking and she says, can you kind of talk to her? And I says, well, what is the problem? She, well, they started learning about religion in school. Well, we have to remember their little minds see everything different. So up to this point, this child really didn't have that concept of, of God being a punishing God. Well, they're learning about the Old Testament. So uh, they're learning about the Israelites and, you know, all that conflict that happened, you know, with God punishing and all that. The little girl now feels like everything she does, God's going to punish her. So she was talking to me yesterday, the little girl, she goes about like God's going to punish her for even her bad thoughts. And I'm thinking, honey, what kind of bad thoughts do you have? You're seven. (laughs) You know, what does that look like? And getting up in the middle of the night, woke mom up because she had to confess her whatever it was and, you know, all of this stuff. So mom asked me if I would talk to her. So we're talking and, you know, the little, and I said, well, honey, I said, God doesn't punish in that fashion. You know, I have to make it like a child can understand. I said, it's kind of like with your mom and dad. I said, sometimes you get in trouble and you have a consequence, right? And she goes, well, yeah. I said, it's not forever and they still love you, right? She goes, well, yeah. And I says, well, honey, just think of God like that because <laughs> she can't understand it. So I'm going to have to work with her a few more times to get that concept and that thought out of her head. And so I think it's great we're teaching stuff, but we have to teach it at levels that kids can understand because she instantly incorporated that. And I don't want her to grow up feeling that there, that this, once again, even like with you, you've got a fear and everything you do is bad and God's going to be mad at you and those kind of things. And the mom, that's not her faith. That's not her belief. So, and she goes, I don't know how to explain. So we talked about it prior to that. Her belief was, is, which I thought was really cool. They're wizards. So there's a main wizard and then there's, then God has little wizards and those are the ones who go around and help people. (laughs) You know, it's her little concept. And I says, okay, well, that's not too bad. You know, it's it's her higher power at seven, you know, whatever your creation is. But I don't want that to be 
stomped out because that brought her comfort. Right. So it's those things, how we want that to be able to bring us comfort. And I always tell people, you know, in therapy, one of the things that we are, I think we should always be really delicate with and stuff like that is a person's belief system. And the reason why is because a belief is a core. It's a core thing to us. Yeah, because some people, when they come to doubt something that's so intrinsic to them, it can become their undoing. You know, if they're just completely thrown off by what they have believed their whole entire lives, and then they come to doubt that really has a profound effect, I think, sometimes. And I agree. And, you know, once again, when we talk about those things and we look at how certain things bring us comfort in all of that. I have a friend from Osaka, Japan, and her grandmother had passed away. So I sent my condolences. And her response to me was, like, why? She lived a very full life. She's Buddhist. They believe very differently. So their her spirituality, belief in Buddha, her Buddhist, Buddhist faith, she responds and reacts to death even differently. Because it's a very different thing. It's the comfort that they draw from whatever they believe, you know, their belief system of what happens and all of that. So that's what I mean. It brings us comfort. And sometimes if we're at a place where it's not bringing us comfort, I always tell people, take the time to explore that. Be kind to yourself when you do it. I tell people, you don't have to get rid of everything. There are still certain things of Catholicism that I really like. There are other things that don't aren't, it's not relevant to how my belief system is. You know, so it's okay to pick and choose, to look at different faiths. If you look at, say, the faith that, you know, say the Native American faith, that thing that everything has life and everything has value and we're interconnected. I like that concept. So I can incorporate some of that. My Native American client reminds me that I am part Native American and to embrace my tribe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm working on it. (laughs) But it's those things. And even what are, and, you know, especially at a time when, you know, we are losing a lot of people and A lot of people do, you know, in a time when they're losing people, they do turn to their faith and it becomes that place of what do I have power to do? And a lot of people will say, the only thing I have power to do is to pray. Others say it's about sending positive energy because their faith may be about energy or whatever it is, but it brings comfort to know that I'm doing an action. Mm -hmm. And it's any of those actions, I think, that help with that emotional exhaustion that we're feeling. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, like no matter what the faith base is, you know, if you say about sending positive vibes or that, or you're saying about sending prayers, I feel like that either way, you have to understand that it's about the intention. And the intention is for positive, good outcome, those kinds of things. I think that should be the focus. And I think that's a really good thing, you know, when you said intention, because I think when we're talking about spirituality, faith, and stuff like that, there is intention that goes into it, or there should be intention that goes into it. And the things that were, if you're asking, you know, what God, whatever you call, doesn't matter, goddess, whatever, is that thing of, am I doing it with intention and pure of heart? Is it truly for the betterment of myself? Or is it for the betterment of others? Because that will lift some of that emotional anguish that we feel often when and it's that thing of feeling like we're doing something for somebody and we're doing it with that intention. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be intention to the way we 
whether it's prayer or energy, because it has people really believe this has power. And, and there is power in that. There's power in what we think. Our thoughts become actions. And all of those things that are relevant to us not having this mental exhaustion that we're having right now. Mm-hmm. And I think if you focus on the, the intention, that is the core of it. It doesn't matter about all the other politics that all falls away when you go to the intention of what, what it is that you want to create. The other things I really recommend to people is if you have some, have these conversations with them. Sometimes some of our really fun conversations are around spirituality and our belief system and, and talking about other people's spiritual beliefs and looking at them and, oh my gosh, you know, I see why this would work or, well, that would be a little weird for me or, or whatever it is, you know, whatever, I, you know, we don't usually use the term weird, but <laughs> be a little different for us or, or even some, you know, like back in the day, there were some drastic measures that they would take to display their beliefs and things like that. So, and, and you can look at some of the history and think, oh man, I'm glad that we don't do it that way today. You know, (laughs) (laughs) really no more crusades or sacrifices (laughs) and things like that. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's still some of that that goes on, but you know, witch hunts, (laughs) (laughs) right. But yeah, I mean, you have to, I guess, put everything in perspective and know that what was happening at that time, thank goodness, looks very different today. The landscape has changed a lot. So people's values and things like that, hopefully we've evolved over time and we can display those things in a more peaceful manner. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and I think that, you know, when I said about having those conversations, even with your children, because it's funny to me, because, you know, sometimes when I, you know, when I was working with kids, sometimes they would say, t- they, would a- they would ask me questions. They would talk about God or, you know, well, where does God live? <laughs> well, what does God look like? Because they hear these things, but the kids are very visual. So, you know, you tell them something, even like this little girl, it's visual. So now she's seeing punishment as you would see for a child. She's not seeing punishment in any other way other than what her mind can visualize this as. For a seven-year-old, you know, going to your room or getting your stuff taken or whatever her perception of what that punishment is is very devastating for a seven-year-old six to seven eight nine they don't understand that well and that's you know punishment on the level of like you say a child however i remember when i was a child the punishment was that the afterlife was going to be horrible it was you were going to burn forever so you know i mean when you put that that's a the magnitude of that it's very scary for a child. It's very interesting because I continue to learn a lot about Pentecostal and growing up. And it's funny because I remember one day I asked you to take something out of the oven and explain what happened. I hated doing that because when you open the oven door, how the heat would hit you in the face. And it would totally just take me back for that instant. It would just take me back to when I was a kid. And I remember waking up from nightmares about hell. I also remember, you know, I mean, one of the big things was they were constantly talking about the second coming, which should be a joyous thing, but it was a fearful thing. And so it was, you better make sure that you do everything that you're supposed to do, because if you don't, you're going to miss that. And so I do remember waking up in the middle of the night and going to make sure that my parents were still there, that I had not missed the rapture. 
I remember the nightmares that would happen. Like I said, about burning and that. And I didn't realize that that was something we hadn't talked about until I was watching her have a physical response to opening the oven. And I asked you, I said, what just happened? Because, I mean, I didn't grow up with that belief system. You know, Catholics, they believe in purgatory. (laughs) 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 That's a whole other story. But no, so it was really interesting because I was like, what do you mean? And when you started talking to me about that, then I could have more of an awareness about that too. And, And that conversation led to other conversations. And it led to, once again, I feel like this journey that we've both been on spiritually Another thing about that, I remember them constantly talking about the second coming. So I constantly had the fear that I was not going to get to grow up. And even though it was supposed to be that this is a good thing, because then you'll be in heaven, I was constantly in fear that I was not going to get to grow up. And I remember having a discussion about that at one point. And like my mom saying, that should be a good thing. You should be happy that He's come back, and, and, and I was like, but I want to grow up. I want to know what my life's going to be like. You're not the, the as I've done this practice, it's, it's amazing to me how many uh, stories I've heard about people being afraid of that, of, of so terrified of hell or the, the second coming and, and things like that. And once again, from an adult point of view, you've already started living your life. But you're right, from a child's point of view, man, I'm only 10. <laughs> or whatever age that is. Yeah, they ask you what you want to be when you grow up, and I'm thinking, alive, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That's such a powerful thing, though, too, because if we're, we're talking about using that as a thing to alleviate emotional, this emotional stuff that we're under right now, this mental exhaustion... Would that have done it for you as a child? It didn't at all when I was a kid. I I remember them telling me something about scripture that said that he'll come in an hour that you think not. I remember that sticking out in my mind. So I totally became so absorbed with if I constantly think about it, he won't come and I'll get to grow up. That is powerful. And one of the things is, is that part of the reason we're talking about this today is because remember, our spirituality and our belief it has the potential to take us to places beyond to help us through some of the most difficult, devastating things going on in our lives. But it also has the potential to do these things. And it's helping people to find that place where their spirituality really is about helping them to get to better places, to be better people do better for themselves and for others around them, our environment, everything, to really see that interconnectedness through kindness and through those acts that we do. God, take a moment because this is emotional for you because those memories and those things and, you know, stuff like this sticks with us. And, you know, even when we start talking today, it's funny to me when people are trying to remember dates, they'll be there like, okay, wait a minute. Oh, it was pre-COVID. Because when things are so relevant and significant in life, whatever the life-altering thing is, is, you know, people might say when they're talking, oh, it's pre-9-11 or it was, we have those very, those time periods. And particularly when there's something that's devastating to us, you know, individually or as a nation or as a world. Life-changing. Yes, Life changing, that's a really good way of putting it. And, you know, with life changing, it's hard to keep our emotional levels high with the uncertainty and and trying to navigate new things. 
the thing is with even with navigating these new things that have been devastating to the world there's also the flip side of it i always tell people you know when they're really down about covid and being home or whatever it is i always say but if you had to take one thing out of this that made you a better person or you think made the world a better person what would it be and that they're like wait wait a minute you don't understand i'm talking i said yes but what would that be and oftentimes they might say oh my god you know what i gotta spend more time with my kids I think that is one of the biggest changes um, that's come out of this is that they, a lot of people have reprioritized things. Yes. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all because it's, I feel like that it's important to have those connections and to realize their place. And I feel like that people have been able to do that more. They're taking a look at what is more important here? Well, and I think that's true. And I think even when we looked at when we look at this and when we look at COVID and things shutting down, people, even though they didn't have a church to go to, they connected in other ways with the people of their church or, you know, with their family or maybe with friends or whatever. It kind of shrunk down in a way, but in a way in which people were actually communicating kids were getting bored so they were going down and talking to their families <laughs> yeah it's all fun and good until it's all the time and then it's like oh god is this ever gonna end <laughs> there's that piece of it as you guys know if you listen to us you, you and i are kind of nerdy because we love to look at new technologies and stuff like that technology still happening and i think the way we look at things is going to be different we're looking more and more people are looking at no i want to work remotely I don't want to go into an office. I don't want to face the traffic. And they realize now I don't have, especially if you live in a city, it's that like uh, our friend Kathy G, she lives in Monument, which is the town up from Springs, North Springs. So in our office is all the way South Springs. So every day she would drive that. So her, she had to modify her schedule to where she was coming in. She would be to the office like by five o'clock or whatever time, because it was easier than her trying to Navigate be in traffic. traffic. And so for her going, you know, at first it was like, I don't, she was a little iffy about going to telehealth. And then she said, you know, I really like my commute. It's just down the stairs or whatever. You know what I mean? She found time to do other things. She could work out in between. She could go for walks in between all of those things. And and we found that Uh, for us being home was great in a way because we were able to work out more and, and do different things and, and have you know, we started morning rituals. Including our meditation, which has been such a a great thing for helping the mind and helping to recover from just, you know, mm-hmm. all of the commotion that's going on, all the chaos that you see. Meditation, and you know, when we talk about that spiritual piece of it, prayer is like a meditation. So people who pray are, in essence, meditating. Okay, it's just a different form because in prayer, we pray with intention. So when you pray, you're praying with intention. When you're doing gratitude, you do gratitude with intention. And that's a form of meditation. That's like a mantra. Mm -hmm. You'll see people pray, like people who pray a rosary or that. It's that repetitiveness. It's that it's it's a form of meditation. When we go into the Tibetan store, we'll see them sometimes with their prayer beads and stuff. and, And that's a form of meditation. And so... Prayer has the ability to calm the mind as well, 
to, and once again, it's, it's, I think that thing of it quiets the mind because you have to, it has, the mind has to be quiet to pray, but then it's feeling like we have done something that we have control over and that might be helpful. Yeah. So therefore that elevates us and we, and, and we can feel that sense of I'm doing something, I'm having some type of forward motion, you know, and I think that's the big thing is what's that forward motion that we're doing. Yeah. And I always tell my clients, any step forward is still a step forward. Anything we're doing to get where we need to be, it doesn't have to be a big step. Uh, in some I tell, we're just going to do baby steps. Because <laughs> yeah. the thought of a big step terrifies them. And I'm okay with that. Even if it's a baby step, we're going to do a baby step. But I have found that through the time of uh, all this COVID since 2020 is how much I've had more people talking in sessions about their spirituality, about wanting a faith if they feel like they've lost it or, you know, whatever that is and, and really starting that exploration. And I think it was a time that maybe more people started to reflect on who am I? What do I believe in? What do I want? Well, the nice thing is that we are and do have the power to change and evolve and that. And I think it's really important. It doesn't matter what faith base you grew up in. I really feel like it's important for people to do that exploration on their own. They really need to look into that and decide what's right for them. And, you know, one of the things is, is when we, as human beings, we're, we, we're evolving all the time, whether we want to or not. In our evolution, positive or negative, because there's change happening all the time. Change is going to happen with or without our consent. But the thing is, is am I an active participant of it or am I just along for the ride and letting it take me wherever? And I think when we do those explorations about our spirituality, about just who we are as human beings, how that empowers us so much more than feeling we're just along for the ride. And oftentimes I think in spirituality, you know, particularly when you're young, you feel like you're on the ride and not all kids. Cause there are some kids who are very devout into their spirituality and they follow it. They, it, it it's very uplifting for them and all of that. So there are those kids who have that, they know it, they feel it. It's a part of who they are as there are those adults. And it's a positive for them. And that's, yes. that's wonderful because that's what I think it should be. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell people, and I think that's really the big thing is sometimes I'll have clients who will say, whatever religion they grew up in, I don't like religion. And, and they go, and I'm there like, you're, you're lumping so much into one. And, you know, and that's where they start that exploration, because if we don't have something to believe in, we don't know what to work for. And when I'm talking about believe in stuff, I'm not, it doesn't matter if it's spiritual, it doesn't matter if it's a goal, it doesn't matter what that is. We feel stuck. And sometimes the best way to get unstuck is to start learning more, learn more about yourself, learn more about what you believe. Why do I believe that? Does it even work with me any? Is it even resonating with me? Because you'll know because you'll feel it. Because our faith and our spirituality is a feeling that manifests. We have that feeling. You know, we have the thought of, you know, is this what it is that goes into the feeling? And then our action plays out our spirituality, our faith. Because no matter what the religion, it, it really, I feel like, comes down to that faith and believing in yourself and what you have the power to do. Absolutely. And so, you know, as we're talking about this today, 
hopefully we get people to start thinking and, and, and exploring. And sometimes I tell people, explore outside the faith that you, if it's the only faith you've ever known. Exploring does not change your faith. Yeah, because that was another concept that I grew up with was that if you questioned, you were in the wrong somehow. I for sure do not believe that today. I feel like that people should be allowed to ask those questions and and find out for themselves. Once again, I grew up going to catechism. So just so you know, we didn't get to watch Saturday morning cartoons because that was catechism time. So anyway, we would go to catechism. So growing up, I really thought everybody was Catholic too because I didn't know any different because everybody I knew was in the Catholic church because it was all my family. And then I remember going to my oldest sister's house for the summer and uh, she sent us to Bible, like a Bible study school, you know, for like little kids. I don't remember which sibling was with me, but we always went in twos. And I remember thinking, well, what is this? Because <laughs> it was such a foreign concept to me. But her kids went to, they weren't Catholic. They went to like a Bible school or Bible, Bible study. study, little things they do in the summer. Bible camp. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, Bible camp. <laughs> and so that was like a, an awakening for me. Because I was there like, what is this? Because it wasn't like catechism. You know, and I was waiting for the cookies and Kool-Aid. Because, you know, we went to catechism. We all went for the, because Miss Anderson always made baked cookies and we had uh, Kool-Aid. Today, that thought just, I just think to myself, why would anybody eat cool, a cookie with Kool-Aid? <laughs> but, you know, when you're a kid. So that was, to me, it was kind of a cool thing because I never experienced that. And it was different. But it was you know, for a kid, it was kind of, it was different and kind of, hmm. Right. <laughs> this is how the other side lives. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to experience that as a kid. I never, <laughs> never went to a Catholic church or any other kind, I don't think. Yeah, your mom and I have had little debates about Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. It's not for us to insult somebody else's faith or put down somebody else's faith. Because faith is such a personal thing. It's to respect people where they're at. If that is somebody's faith, whether it's whatever faith comes into my office, it's not for me to judge them. That is what gives them solace. That is what gives them hope in a time of despair and stuff. And because it's such a personal thing, I always tell people, just respect it. If you don't understand it, at least respect it. They're not asking you to be their faith, but for us to understand that their faith is as important as yours and to be respectful of that because we have way too much wars and stuff over faith and how we believe. And the truth of the matter is, is, you know, it was really interesting. I was listening to my Angela one day and they asked her the question about God and faith and about, you know, what, like kind of what religion and all that. And she said, all roads lead to all lead to God because I think faith is one of those things that we believe in. But scientists will say, well, where's your proof and all that? You know, and I get that. Faith is something, once again, and our spirituality is something that is so close to our heart. It is so personal that when somebody comes and talks about it, it really is hurtful. And it's not about being hurtful. It's about when you believe that way, Christy, does it make you feel better? Right, exactly. That's the whole point of it is, and if... If whatever your belief is, if it's something that you grew up with or whatever, if it's not bringing you hope, then please look at other things and keep an open mind and, and find out what resonates with you because it should be about what uplifts you. Absolutely. And 
And once again, we're not here to promote one faith over the other or anything like that because I feel like we're very respectful of people's religious beliefs. We're very respectful of a lot of those things. I know for us, though, being a couple, you know, oftentimes, you know, I've heard in the past where people think because of our lifestyle that we have no, we don't have a religion and we don't have a faith in God or things like that or a higher power or whatever that is. And it's such a misconception. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, because a lot of people, I think, think that because of our lifestyle, it's, it's condemned. So we can't live up to the guidelines of that faith or that religion, whatever it is. You know, I think that there's, there's a lot of people that negate us from that, even having the capability to do that because of the life we've chosen. That's how they see it. Yes. Yeah, I agree. They view this as some kind of that cancels out your relationship with God or a higher power, God, goddess, all of whatever you want to call it. And once again, because our spirituality is such, it's, it's truly that individual relationship. Our spirituality is our individual relationship with our higher power. Our religion is the group that we associate with that spirituality. And I think sometimes people get those things confused because our relationship with the higher power can only be ours. And then we can share that experience with others. And that's where religion comes in and, you know, like-minded and all of that. But I always found that very fascinating when I would hear that from people that, and I would hear those comments, you know, well, you guys can't, well, you guys don't believe in God, right? I'm thinking, I don't understand the question. (laughs) Where would that come from? You don't believe like in a higher power. For the LBGTQ plus community and others, I think that there is that perception that because of who you love or or those things that somehow you're less than or less than in the higher power's eyes. Well, yeah, or that you cannot be a part of a certain faith or that. And I see that in the LBGTQ plus community is that because of that division, because of that concept or, or what they hear about, like, you're condemned, you're this they struggle with then where do I fit in? And, you know, sometimes when I'm working in the LBGTQ plus community, those are some things we talk about too. Where do I fit in? How can I have that faith, that spirituality and find it and be okay, regardless of the outside world or the outside religions or whatever are speaking to me. And that I think becomes that thing of that introspection and finding, like you said, that thing that brings you peace, brings you comfort. And then, because everybody deserves to have that in a time when they're mentally exhausted, to have that thing to turn to, that internal thing to turn to and say, I've got this because of my belief system. I don't feel alone. I feel, you know, or whatever that feeling is that comes with it, I think is so relevant, important to all of us. And and I think it's something that we need. And once again, whatever that is, we're not prescribing anything to it. It's whatever you determine it to be. I think it's really important to reserve those judgments because really it's about, it doesn't matter what their faith is. It's about the well-being of that person. I agree. And I think that sometimes, you know, when we look at those things, and particularly when we're looking at faith and, and those judgments or whatever that is, just how harmful and impactful it can be. And because of that, how... We should practice kindness. I think that should be an underlying thing for all, for the way we all believe is that practice of kindness and, and, and that humanity that we show to one another, I think is so relevant in, 
in that spiritual realm, whether it's atheist, whoever, there's still that atheist, Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, you name it, Native American, goddess, Wiccan, and the list goes on and on and on. When you look at that, the core beliefs are is do no harm. Good intention. Good intentions. Do as little harm as possible to other people. Yeah. And so hopefully the takeaway from today is realize that even in all of the chaos and stuff going on and with that mental exhaustion, remembering that we have that internal thing of our faith, our spirituality, that we can always turn to to elevate us and to help us through these and to be able to share that experience with others that we love and care about and get that support of them as well. And and I appreciate that about our relationship is that, you know, spirituality is such an important part of, of who we are. And I think sometimes one of the things that you and I do is we pray at every meal. Yeah, we really do. And I think that sometimes throws people off the first time they see us pray at a meal because a lot of people don't, but I find it interesting because after that, those people will pause and wait for us to pray or participate in the prayer and stuff. They don't have to. We don't ask them to. Mm-hmm. That's something that you and I do. But it throws people off. And I don't know if it's because of these perceptions or whatever that is. That's just what we do. And it's something that we've practiced since we've been together. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big production. It's not like when we go out to eat or that and we expect everybody to join hands and say a prayer or anything. You and I sometimes will just lean into each other and whisper that prayer to each other. And I just, it's important to us, but it's not that we make everybody at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Bow your heads. (laughs) They don't all have to uh, partake of that. Oh my goodness. It makes me think of uh, home for the holidays when they're praying over Thanksgiving dinner and just how chaotic it is. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like for this one day we'll pray (laughs) and I don't know what to pray. (laughs) (laughs) So all sorts of random stuff comes out. Yeah. But, you know, for us, our meal prayers is just as important as our gratitude statements that we do daily. We usually do gratitude statements. Well, we do gratitude statements every day, but usually morning and evening or even in between when we're getting our walking in and stuff like that. That is our prayer as well. Mm -hmm. That is our part of our spirituality. And I feel like because it elevates us, it's about, you know, what helps us function better in the day I feel like and we make a point of having gratitude statements for the people that we love and care about and those that we don't even know because Mm -hmm. that's what it's about that energy how do we transmit that energy and if everybody's transmitting that energy could you imagine what this would feel like yeah if we were uplifting everybody oh my goodness so hopefully once again what you walk away from is find time to develop and grow that go to that place whether it's gratitude statements prayers whatever it is for each and every one of you rely on it through these times when you have that mental exhaustion to help with that mental exhaustion and as they say this too shall pass and hopefully we just become stronger more healthy in those things through it all as always thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week and as always it's going to be a surprise for you and us because We just figure it out as we are, because this is about life's journey and everything in between. And there's a lot of stuff that's been going on every in between. (laughs) You know, we did not anticipate this, all of this, you know, but it is what it is. So anyway, be kind to each other and we will talk again next week. Bye. Bye.